What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to the Thursday golf show with no name because we didn't get enough. I guess you guys just aren't willing or you're not creative enough. I don't know. We're not creative enough. I don't know. We're trying to come up with a name for this show every Thursday where we're going to kind of go through some hot topics going on in the world of golf. Everything not related to gambling and DFS on, you know, in the world of professional golf or our own, own golf game, whatever it may be. That's what we're here to do today. We've got some great topics on uh, on tap for you today, including Phil and the McAfee show, Tiger and Nike, Kisner in the booth, Jack and Rory's latest live comments, and uh, who knows what else we get into. But happy Thursday to you, Patrick, and uh, producer Tony as well. Yeah, happy to be here. You know, I mean, lots been going on in the in the world of golf just in the last week. Um, so uh, I think we got a lot of good things to talk about, and uh, I do wish we could come up with a name for the show because. Yeah. I just want to be able to say that the name, like, I, I think, you know, it's the tour junkies golf show. Isn't, isn't working for me right now. TV. I need, I need something, something yeah. else. So Tony, did, oh. you, did, we get, did we get any good suggestions? Yes. Last week, or I don't think we did. Did we not, not in the YouTube comments. You said there was a couple, uh, a couple great ones in the discord that, uh, that have, that have some potential. Maybe if we, we take a step down as far mm -hmm. as some of the, uh, the innuendos and whatnot, but yeah, nothing, none of them in the YouTube got our, uh, got the movement going, got any flow going or anything like that. So yeah, we're still looking, give us some comments, uh, whether it be on YouTube, Twitter, whatever it is, let us know. We, uh, we still need to name the show guys. I mean, it didn't even, it didn't take us this long to even come up with tour junkies. <laughs> I mean, how long did it take us to come up with tour junkies? Like Half a day. We almost went with PGA junkies, which yeah. I'm glad we didn't because then we, you know, then with Liv, yeah, we could have. So tour was just, it was great. It was a good, you know, kiss our brains for that. Yeah, we were so <laughs> smart back then. Yeah. How long do we let this go then? Like, if it goes, if it goes four or five weeks, then is it just? We'll leave it in. <laughs> I don't know what that is. If it goes four or five, Pat, come on, check your settings. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I did it. It's my, my, my fault. Uh, if this goes four or five weeks, then it just does it become a bit on the show, and then is it just the no name show with the tour junkies, or or do we eventually cancel the bit and and come up with a good suggestion? We or need deadlines. I think we need a deadline. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we got to have a show title somehow. Um. I think we gotta have a show title. You know, I thought of one earlier, and I don't remember it, but because of this problem, it was really long. And then I thought, well, that would kind of be funny to have a really long show title. Um, but then I've I've already forgotten what it was, so I can't imagine <laughs> doing the welcome, doing the intro, and be like, "Welcome to the you know seven, eight, ten word golf show." Uh, so I don't know, it's not gonna work. But anyway hit the like button. I don't know why you would like this video already, but just hit it. You will eventually subscribe to the channel, drop a comment. We need a name for the show. And other than that, we'll kick it over to producer Tony to get us started with some topics for today. Yeah, fellas. So first topic up on the agenda. Speaking of live, as you mentioned there, Phil Mickelson was on Pat McAfee's show yesterday, which McAfee seems to be the, uh, you know, the talk of the town for yeah. a bunch of different reasons over the last few weeks, but he gets a lot of top name live golfers on there too. John Rom, a couple days after his live announcement went on there, explained the decision decision a little bit more. Uh, but Phil was on yesterday talking all things Rom, talking live, 
thought he had some really interesting comments just about their business strategy, which, you know, you take that with a grain of salt with, with Phil explaining that. But I wanted to toss that out with you to you guys, because one of the things that he did say is that he will not captain the 2025 Ryder Cup team because he feels like as of right now, he's just a divisive character in the game of golf. So specifically on that and then general overall thoughts about Phil joining Pat McAfee's show yesterday. Well, I mean, first off, he said divisive or something like that instead of divisive, which really just you like you know, the long eye in that. Yeah, yeah Pat, I, I, didn't, I didn't like that. But um, yeah, go ahead, DB. I know you probably saw it. You know, you saw it probably live because you watch every McAfee show. I did see it live. I mean, it is no. Yeah, you know, I should I should preface this by saying I'm a huge McAfee stan, and I I make no bones about it. Um. I love I love that McAfee's into golf. I, I just love it. But I'll say this about Phil and the Ryder Cup captain. What would you set if you were a bookmaker taking a, a long future odds play at this? What would you set the odds of Phil being a Ryder Cup captain before he's dead and gone? What would you set him at? Because I I, I think it was interesting that he said what he said about the 2025. I think it was rather um uh rather self-aware for for all, for some of the times we feel like phil's not very self-aware i thought it was a pretty self-aware moment of clarity he has been divisive in the game of golf as of late polarizing to some um i don't know that he would be well received in 2025 but i, I do know this I, I do feel now more confident than ever that we are headed to a unified golf organization whatever that may look like i, I think that we're gonna see the two come together I think schedules are going to be what they are in 2024, but possibly in 2025, we're looking at a different, totally different professional golf landscape that involves Liv and the PGA Tour working together. With that being said, then you add time, right? Time heals all, all wounds. It, it does. We, we, are, we are fast to forget certain things. We are fast to move on from certain things. And despite some of the wild shit that Phil has said and done in the last couple of years, some of it I've agreed with, some of it I've disagreed with, he had a lot of cachet built up over decades with golfers and the golf community before some of this stuff started happening. And I, I, I would place a bet that before he's dead and gone, he is a Ryder Cup captain. But I, I, I think it takes time um, for that to happen. But in 10 years, is anybody going to care? If we have a new global golf situation, is anybody going to care about some of the stuff Phil's said and done that's been off off the wall or off color or just plain dumb or, or, uh, or ignorant? Like, no. You're going to remember what Phil made you feel in the 2000s, early 2000s, 2010s. Like that's what you're going to remember about Phil, and you're going to remember him being a passionate Ryder Cup player. And I think he'll be a. If I were placing the bet, I'd bet that he is a Ryder Cup captain before he's dead and gone, but probably not in 2025. What do you think, Pat? Yeah, no, 100. I agree. I think. I mean, we're in the right the 2025 Ryder Cup cycle now. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's already passed, and so like. It, right now, like you said, he is very polarizing. Um, I did think it was interesting, his comments. They were, like you said, very self-aware. He was like, look, I'm not the right captain for now. But I don't think he was saying I'm not the right captain ever. And I, I think, you know, he could, you know, once we get past this, if we get kind of a unified golf organization or whatever it is, and people, like you said, start to forget about all the stuff that's going on right now, I think he could actually be like the opposite of divisive as he might say and be a guy that can you know is could bring together be it like a great captain for a team i mean everybody's always you know the players love phil you know like you know right or wrong with a lot of stuff that he does i mean 
not just the players, but fans love Phil Mickelson. They always have. And so I, I think eventually, you know, he's going to get to the point where he is probably a captain. I would put odds very short, actually, that he would be a captain. I, I would say two to one, somewhere around in there. Like, I, mm. I think it, it would happen eventually. Maybe that's a good YouTube comment. Somebody drop in there what what you would uh, what you would put the odds of Phil being a Ryder Cup captain at some point in his career. Um, yeah, some of the other stuff that I took away from the McAfee thing was, you know, he did say Rom's team was having talks with players looking to come over, that Liv was being selective about who's going to join, who's not. Phil saying that he's taking calls, you know, which they, they've kind of been saying this for a little bit, but I bet that is a little more of a reality now with Rom being over there. Uh, I don't think Rom wants to be stuck with like Lori Cantor and Scott Vincent on his team. I think he's going to be shopping some other new potential players to come over um, and possibly looking at a trade situation into his team, which also the team name leaked. That was interesting. We could talk about that later if we want. But overall, I love McAfee having these live guys on. And, and if you read between the lines, McAfee is a guy who, and, and as someone who watches a lot of Pat McAfee content, the, he hates a guy on his high horse. He does not like people on their on their high horse. And if you read between the lines, there, there's been some golf commentary thrown out on his show by by other guests that have been rather high horsey-ish. Mm -hmm. And McAfee doesn't appreciate that. And he's always been kind of a live guy, a disruptor, and, and saying, like, the tour has this monopoly. They don't treat their players all that well. McAfee's always been a player guy, right, in the NFL. Um, he wants the players to be able to get theirs when they can, while they can. And he's very much going to continue to be a loud public voice in the sports media for live and especially to an audience that is not really a golfing audience, right? Like McAfee's audience. It, it, I know if I make an appearance on hammer down or Pat's show, there's a ton of comments about God. No, I don't want to hear about golf, right? A lot of his audiences are not golf fans, but there are some who are getting into it or starting to kind of creep into it casually. And especially since Pat's got the bug, it's a good, really good thing for Liv to be making appearances on his show. Like that is the they are, they have a better chance of scooping up Liv fans from Pat's audience than they do of almost any other audience I could think of. Definitely not the standard PGA Tour fan. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I, that was one thing that stood out too is like he just specifically mentioned too like how much of a fan he was of John Rom. You know, you could tell obviously he's a fan of Liv. Um, wants to go to an event. I don't think he's been to one, but I, I think he'll he'll be going to one at some point, maybe even this year. Um, you know, but I don't think that McAfee, in my opinion, is just going to be a live guy. Like I, I think he could be both. Like I think he'll they'll be tour players that he he loves too. Like, yeah, I don't think yeah, he's sure. just he's all in on just live. I think he's just all in on golf. I mean, he he loves it in general, and I think he wants what we want as fans. He wants it all to be. Yeah. You know, like, you know, the best players in the world playing whatever tour it's going to be. And, um, you know, seeing that golf, you know, I think that's what he wants. I think one of the barometers of that will be, and I, I say this in half in jest, but kind of half not. Will the players champion this year go on Pat McAfee's show? He's had the major winners on in the past. Obviously, those aren't PGA Tour events, but will he have a guy like, whoever wins the, the, the players championship, whoever wins the tour championship at the end of the year, two, three days later, will they make an appearance on his show and kind of straddling that, that line as far as 
not necessarily choosing a side because I do agree with both of you. Eventually, this is just going to come to a merger ahead and ev everything will, you know, the game will have changed, but everyone will be, ba be back in one place. But yeah, I don't see him necessarily picking a side in any of the things. He just wants what's best for the athletes. Um, and yeah, just doing things a different way, doing things that haven't, haven't been done in, you know, the last 50, 60, 70 years, like what he's doing with, uh, with, uh, with media. hundred percent. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what he does on the players. All right, guys, moving on to our next topic. The big news from earlier in the week as well was, uh, Tiger, Tiger Woods and Nike have announced that they are going to go their separate ways after 27 years with Tiger representing the swoosh. Um, just getting your guys overall thoughts on that. That seems like one of those partnerships where DB, you may have tweeted it earlier. I think I read it with somebody. I don't, understanding how tiger doesn't have one of those lifetime uh partnerships with nike um i know that they've said in the past couple of years they're looking to uh scale back with some of their sponsorships save some money uh, as a business that kind of thing but the the fact that tiger and the swoosh are just no longer together that iconic symbol there's so many moments so many awesome commercials all that kind of stuff the fact that they split um I don't know, just signal the times, whatever it is, but just getting your guys' thoughts on that. Pat? Yeah, I mean, I think when you think about Tiger and Nike, I mean, it's, you know, golf for me, like, you never thought of Nike at all when it came to golf until Tiger, you know? And then they tried the thing with clubs, and and that worked out for a little while, and, you know, so, but it's always been the apparel with, with Nike. Um, you know, I think that, you know, it was time. It just it felt time for Tiger to kind of step away from Nike. They don't seem to have as much invested in golf anymore as as they used to. Um, you know, even we just saw Jason Day leave Nike, which isn't as big a news as Tiger, and he goes to Malbon, and you know we could we could certainly go into all that with with what he was wearing there. But you know, I think it was just time they 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 needed to kind of have a split. Tiger isn't as you know prevalent in the golf world anyway, like he was as far as playing events. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, it, 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 it wasn't like anything earth shattering to me. Like I, it, I wasn't surprised by it. I don't, I don't know if you were DB, but to me, it, it just kind of makes sense for Tiger to go on from Nike and, and, and do his thing. I was pretty surprised by it. Like, I, I don't, I, I, I disagree. Like, I think, I think how, how could he not be one of the ones like Jordan, like Kobe, I think Tom Brady, to get this like lifelong brand. I mean, there, there, there will never be another athlete in golf that, that will have done what tiger has done. And, and in a lot of ways, even though he's not playing as much professional golf continues to do for golf. And uh, so I, I was pretty shocked by it. And but it, I mean, it, but golf, it, it gets to me, it's just the baseline facts that Nike and golf have never been, you know, a sport and an apparel that you really think of a lot in the world of golf. I mean, you think of Nike when you think of football, basketball, you know, those major sports like that, that, that are, you know, Michael Jordan, but I just don't, I don't think of it with, with golf all that much other than tiger. Yeah, I agree. But like, to me, tiger's all you need. T tiger's all you need. If it were Rory and literally everyone else that you bailed on outside of tiger, then I understand that. But I mean, a casual golf fan that watches only the majors is if you ask them to, you know, match up apparel brands to golfers, the one they are going to get first is Nike to tiger. Like they just know mm -hmm. that that that's that they don't know that, 
you know, like we do that, you know, JT's at Grayson or, um, you know, what they, they don't know that kind of stuff, but tiger and Nike to me have always been the thing. And, and I don't, I was, I was shocked. I was surprised. Um, and maybe it was a, maybe it was a tiger thing. I mean, it could, it could be a tiger thing. His relationship with Taylor made has obviously deepened over the years. He's, there's been hints now, rumors now that he's about to announce, you know, his own apparel company, and it's probably going to go through TaylorMade. Um, you know, we heard recently from someone in the industry who's smarter than us, but I don't want to tell them that they're smarter than us, that, you know, TaylorMade is a marketing company th that's disguising themselves at times as an equipment company, um, comparable to other brands like Titleist, maybe. And, and TaylorMade is a good marketing company. I mean, of all the golf marketing, like equipment brands, especially, I think TaylorMade probably has the best marketing. Do I think they have the best equipment? No, I don't. Uh, do I love my mini driver? Yes, I do. But um, they are a marketing company, I think, first. And so they're they're going to go all in with Tiger on this brand is, is what it seems like. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I, I was shocked by it. See, this is why DB and I differ so much. This is This goes back years. I mean, DB's kind of an apparel guy. Like, he likes apparel. You know, I'm... You like, buy a shirt from literally every golf course you play. No, but you it's the same, and it is the same brand. It's, it's you know, I don't, I don't, we don't need... But here's the thing. I'm I'm kind of like the, the Jason Day of apparel. Like, I want some comfortable stuff that I can wear on the golf course, you know? DB wants to wear you know, whatever the latest thing is out there, you know, like the latest hoodie, you know, what's the, not comfortable about a hoodie. <laughs> I, I don't, I like hoodies. I like hoodies on the golf course. I'm just saying like, you, you just, you're like, you're like an apparel guy. My, I don't my, know my joggers are no, yeah, the joggers. My, that's the thing. My joggers are no less comfortable than regular pants. Yeah. But you got the little space between the jogger and the shoe that's naked. It's, skin. It's, it's ventilating my foot, my feet, my feet, and my legs. It feels wonderful. That's the most nobody wants naked skin between their their the bottom of their pant and the golf shoe. Fun fact: my my wife thinks my ankles are hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. And listen, I mean, if you have good ankles and you don't have Tommy Fleetwood cankles. <laughs> and I think you, you know, don't, us, don't us try guys, to imply that I got cankles because I'm, I'm not. I'm saying I got I'm sexy saying, ankles too, but I'm I don't want you them. in general. If if that's what you got as a man, we don't have a lot of opportunity to fly what we got, right? Like we can't, you know. So that that's just me. But it's it's not it's not any less comfortable. I mean, I, you could argue with all the baggy extra material hanging off of Jason Day these days, like that crap gets in the way. I feel like a big. I feel like I'm swinging in a trash bag. I don't, I don't know, but he see, you know, he said he don't, he wants to be comfortable and a little bit different, which I, I can respect that, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I always found I'm not an, an equipment guy or anything like that, but as a, you know, super high handicap, when I go out and play golf, I'm just looking to have fun. So that being said, when I would go looking in the woods for looking for one of my balls that I inevitably lost and I found a Nike ball. I got pumped. So that was kind of my thought of the Nike golf brand was just that little bit, you know, a step above, you know, uh, a Shrixon or something like that. As far as, you know, it, it was a big deal. So yeah, I'm kind of with you DB. I was, I was shocked when that came out that they, they were splitting 
and and Pat, you don't have to you don't have to have the naked skin. You, you get a nice pair of socks. Yeah, see, DB is wearing socks with joggers right now. Socks with joggers. We just become best friends. I love joggers. I got like six pairs. That's all I wear. I love joggers. You know, you know, Pat lost a bet to me at the at the Wells Fargo this year, and I made him walk around in my joggers for the first like couple hours of the tournament that day. And I mean, joggers with his gray dad on cloud shoes that day were fantastic. I got to pull back the video. And the skin was bothering me. The skin between, like I'm saying, the little space. Yeah, but you love your skin. You you tend to you tend to you flaunt your olive complexion. Why wouldn't you want to show as much of that as you could? It just that's not an area that I like. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying personally, I think I have good ankles and everything, but I'm just saying, anyway. Um, I don't know, but you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Tiger and what, what he does. You know, if it's tailor made, I actually don't want it to be tailor made. That's so unexciting to me. Like, if he just ends up being, you know, doing some apparel line with tailor made, I, I want something else. What what would you want then? Like what what company would move Pat's needle? Peter Millar. Peter Millar. <laughs> I should have seen that one. Uh, or Ashworth. No, Pat would die to have Tiger. Back oh, back. if Tiger brought back Ashworth, look, how would you, you talk about buying some gear? Then I'll be buying some gear. Jeez, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, guys. Next one we got uh, your boy Kevin Kisner. He's on the he's in the field this week at the Sony Open, but last week at the Century, it was his debut on Golf Channel in the booth, replacing pour one out for your boy DB uh, Paul Azinger this year. He's going to do the Waste Management Phoenix Open as well later in the year, which I feel like is the perfect event for him yeah. to uh, to to call let loose a little bit. Um, but there were plenty of feed. There's plenty of feedback, plenty of comments with him in the booth over this past weekend. So DB, we'll start off with you. Wanted to get your thoughts on Kevin Kisner's move to the booth on Golf Channel. Kiz was great, man. Uh, he was fantastic. He really was. We we know Kiz well. Pat knows Kiz very well. Grew up kind of hanging out with Kiz um, around Aiken. And, you know, if, if they have the delay button on him or if he can keep himself from saying stuff he's not supposed to, he's going to be fantastic. It'll just be interesting to see what happens with how he plays because uh, it feels like he may be, you know, this might be kind of a hedge for Kiz. If, if, you know, he, he, even a couple of years ago when he was still playing really well, he would be, he was very self-aware to say like both publicly and privately, you know, this game is passing me by. I can't hit it like these guys hit it. And and the game is about distance. And he was saying that a couple of years ago. If he comes out here, you know, after this time off, I think he worked on himself personally, he worked on his golf swing. Obviously he's back with John Tillery as his coach, I believe. If he comes back from this time off and he's still not clicking, I, I think, you know, I, I don't see Kiz trying to force it, embarrassing himself over and over again uh, and just being irrelevant um, and, and squeezing out every start he could possibly have. I, I could see him taking off for the booth and and doing it. And I think he did a good job at it. I'd love to see him do it. it I mean, NBC needs to be applauded for, for bringing him on. I mean, he, he could pot potentially save their broadcast uh, in the future if if he does more of these. So. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited to have him on the call at Waste Management. We, we should announce that we will be at the Waste Management this year doing the media thing and then uh, attending on Thursday. A little golf outing on Friday morning. Uh, looking forward to that. But, you know, looking forward to seeing Kiz that, that week. He's going to do a great job. Yeah, I agree. I think he did a fantastic job. I messaged him, I think it was Friday night, 
after a little right after the broadcast ended, and I said, I don't know what to think about you in the broadcast booth. And he said, I don't know what to think about me in the broadcast booth either. <laughs> but I think the the key for me and the thing that I think is is really good and that that kids kind of captures being in the booth is that most of the time, like a guy like I mean, Azinger is a perfect example. You get these guys that are a little bit too far removed from actually playing on tour and being with these guys. And so there's a little bit of a disconnect. Whereas when Kiz is in the booth, I mean, he's literally, I mean, he's playing in the event this week. He's He's been a regular on tour recently. Like, you know, I mean, he's had some, you know, bad year last year, but he knows these guys. They love him. He, they're friends with him. You know, he cuts up with them. So I think when you have a guy like that in the booth that can provide not only like, you know, good commentary, but it's very relevant to the guys that he's talking about because he knows all of them, you know? Um, and I think that's probably a little bit of what, why you see like Colt Nost with CBS, although Colt Nost kind of gets on my nerves in a little bit of a different way. Like he, he I think he gets on some of the players' nerves, whereas kids, I think it's just well-liked by all of them. Um, so I think it was fantastic. I thought like some of his just, you know, raw, like kind of real reactions to stuff was good. Like when Spieth was, had that three foot putt, which of was fantastic that he actually missed it because then he steps away and he starts talking about this three foot putt and like, well, the wind's going this way and the grains going this way. And kids is like, it's a three foot putt, just putt it, you know, like, so it was that kind of stuff. I love here. And, and I think you'll get more of it. Um, we of course would love for kids to, to play well on tour, but if, if, if he gets in the booth, it's it to me was a very good debut for him. I mean, there's always going to be little, I think he cut off people at times and stuff like that, but look, those little things are going to happen the first time you're in the booth. Um, so I, I thought it was good. Him being able to take shots at players like that, those subtle shots that were quippy and clever and, you know, but poking fun that the golf needs more guys like that. And, and kiss has the equity to do that. The, the golf viewer, is saying that at home, right? Like we're all saying, just put the damn ball, Jordan. It doesn't have anything to do with the earth's rotation and the the blade, the four blades of grass out of place on this three-foot putt. If if golf broadcasters are allowed to broadcast and be candid and critique, which is not something that we normally get in broadcasts, is the, the guys critiquing players, unless they do something absolutely boneheaded, right? But for another player to be able to get up in that booth and give a criticism to a guy bring some authenticity that we don't have. What will be interesting is if the tour allows that to continue happening because the tour could go up to NBC and go, hey, we don't really like kids. We don't really like your broadcasters putting our players in a negative light with something like that, like that statement. They don't – I mean, Pat, we, we've we've been around uh, yeah. enough to know, like that is not far-fetched for the tour to say or do. They, they whitewash – the crap out of their players in every sense on the course and off the course as much as possible. So if, if the tour allows that kind of candor from a guy like his, that's going to be great for everybody. I think. Do you guys think that Pat, you brought up, uh, you brought up Colt Nose there. Do you think that there's any room with Colt Nose being as popular as he's been at least on, you know, social media, uh, in regards to that and how much he jokes around, you know, talks about keeping keeping it light with the guys, that kind of thing. Do you think that's allowed for a little bit more room with NBC, CBS and that relationship with the PGA Tour and, you know, criticizing players, 
ragging on players a little bit more. You think that's kind of changed maybe over the last two, three years with some of these announcer changes that we've had? I think it's probably certainly changed a little bit. I mean, you know, Colt's a good example. I mean, when we were at the Wells Fargo, I think we were on the putting green, and I don't know what Colt had said maybe the week prior, but he actually came out of a meeting with some folks from the tour because they were giving it. Do you remember that, DB? I think they were giving him a hand slap for something he said, but they didn't fire him. You know, it wasn't, you know, he, he was still on the broadcast and things like that. So I think that tells you already that, you know, maybe they're giving a little hand slap here and there, but then they're, you know, they're still allowing these guys to continue on, but I don't even like the hand slaps. I think they, they really need to embrace, you know, what these guys like a kids or a cult are bringing to the, you know, to the modern broadcast, which really we all agree needs to change even more. Um, which could be a whole another show just to talk about that. So, you know, and it's funny too, to me, like even people in our industry that like are young guys that are doing, you know, golf stuff that DB may have seen this, but somebody in particular, I saw a tweet about kids and how like, Oh, I can't believe everybody's loving kids. You know, it's really not that great. And he's making all these mistakes and all this time. I'm thinking what in the, are you serious? Like this is his first time on a broadcast with NBC in a big moment. And we're really going to be critiquing like the little mistakes and, and this and that. So um, I'll have to, I have to show you who that yeah, was that. Be after the show. Kids did an interview with uh, SI.com the other day. He said the most, qu- the second most question answered question that, uh, that he got was is if there was a custom bleep button for him, <laughs> he said, he said, Tommy Roy told him, uh, oh no, there's no delay. He said, well, what happens if I mess up? He goes, well, you get canceled. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Tommy Roy said that to I, t- I sent him a message. I think it was Saturday or Sunday. I don't know, but I had, um, he said tense. He said aiming out at the tents. And I thought he said tits. And I said, kids, the only thing I thought you did was say tits instead of tents because of the way your well, accent was. You know, I will say uh, the word was that John Rahm and his family were on property. Kelly could have been standing just behind the green. <laughs> yeah. awesome. I swear, though, I thought he said, if you just aim out there, out there at those tits. <laughs> what do you say? If you think that, that in all the years Kisner's played golf on the PJ Tour and all the tournaments he's played on at coastal <laughs> spots, if you think he's not aimed at a pair of tits, you're, you're kidding yourself. That's I why I was believing. Yes. I guarantee yeah. you, yes. Okay, I just want to start this right at the tits and have it just draw to the flag. Yeah. yeah. That's I'm so accurate off the tee. I'm gonna start it at the left hit, not the right tip. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna actually I'm gonna split the middle. I'm gonna split the middle and go right up the cleavage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you Shot think it all day, if you think Kisner hasn't done that, you're fooling yourself. <laughs> all right, guys, wrapping it up. We'll go back to some comments on Live Golf, a global golf tour, as both Rory McElroy and Jack Nicholas have commented on the idea of the PGA Tour and live merging. Rory commented, he said, I think everyone needs to start thinking more globally about it, uh, but globally in a holistic way, not this tour or that tour. What is the best structure for elite men's pro golf, the top 70 to 100 guys in the world? Jack added, I hope that they get this together if it's all in the best interest of the game of golf. The live thing has been a powerful addition to the game, probably impacted a lot more than we thought it was going to, but it has and it probably will continue to do so. So, DB, talk to you about those comments uh, from both Rory and Jack, as both in the past have been adamant. Uh, strong stances against Liv. Um, seems like everyone 
in the especially in the last few months, last six months or so since the uh, the announcement with Piff Piff has come together. Um, kind of changing their stance a little bit. So I'll leave the floor open to you first. This is what I'm saying about the Phil thing. Like, think about how much these guys have backtracked. I mean, Rory, John Rahm, Jack, Jay, people on Twitter, like big pot, big time podcasters. They, they are backtracking so much on some of this stuff that in five years, six years, 10 years from now, nobody's going to care what Phil said or did. He's going to be the writer. Cup. He's going to be a writer cup captain, but um, yeah, it seems like now we're getting to a critical mass point where all of these guys, PGA players, are now saying it. Top ones, Colin Morikawa said some more stuff this week as well. Rory's saying it. Jack's saying it. Everybody's going, figure it out. Make it happen. It, we know what it's going to be. Get in the room and make it happen, and don't delay this any further. They push the deadline to Masters now. Just get it, get it done. And, um, you know, in that Jack interview, he says he ran into Jay and he told Jay specifically, I don't want you to tell me what you're doing because I don't want to have to answer for it later. But, you know, this is what I think probably is probably what Jack said needs to happen. Rory's comments about the global tour also in that article said that he had already he's building a house in England, plans to make that his permanent home like he sees the writing on the wall. We are going to have a global tour at some point where it's the top 70 to 100 with a different ranking system than the OWGR because it's broken, uh, that's going to bring in these the top players from Live, the top players from the PGA Tour. That is going to be the new top-tier tour. The B-level the B tour is going to be everybody else on the PGA Tour and Live that were that are outside those, those numbers. I, I, Corn Ferry Tour is going to get pushed down. DP World Tour is going to get pushed down. I think that's what's going to happen. I think you're going to have you know, the majors and maybe 10 to 12 other events globally with, with four or five of those being global events. That's what Rory alluded to. Um, and, and then, and then everything else is going to be kind of triple a double a single a situation. Yeah. I mean, agree with all that. I kind of took a little bit of a different angle when I was thinking about this topic and well, that is I it like, and, and you're probably going to know, well, you know I love Rory. I'm a big Rory fan. Yeah. And there's all this talk about Rory and he's beta and all this kind of stuff, which I get. I understand. But we started off the show with Phil Mickelson on the Pat McAfee show, and he talked about Rory. You know, if you think that Rory doesn't have an impact on this game, then you're living in a rock somewhere. Because when he, says, when, he, when he says something, you know, Phil responds right greg yeah. norman responded and talked about how it's a great thing for this game that you know that rory is you know talking about this and then jack comes out after rory talks you know so i think one of the things about rory is you know he kind of jumped off that board with the pga tour and all that kind of stuff and and people just sort of you know have this opinion that you know rory is i mean everybody agrees i guess that he makes an impact on the game but I don't necessarily think he's this big beta character in the game. I mean, he obviously, when he says stuff, people listen to what he has to say. And so I, I don't, I, I guess it's, it goes back to that whole alpha beta thing, which drives me crazy anyway. I don't think, beta, I don't think he's a beta character at all. He's not. I mean, he is a very impactful guy. And the fact that he's coming out talking about live and coming together and all that stuff. And then the people that immediately react to that tells you the impact he has on this game. You know, it is, it is high up there, not like tiger level, but it's, it is up there for sure. 
I, I would say a lot of the beta criticism comes from what he does more on the course than off the course. I completely acknowledge that Rory is a guy who people listen to and who, who has an, an informed, good opinion um, or, or has earned the right to give his opinions and his thoughts on those things. He's put in a lot for the game of golf. I think the, the beta stuff comes from on course, not being able to close the door, choking, getting mad at Joe LaCava's hat at the Ryder Cup and acting like a big baby at, after in the parking lot. Like stuff like that makes Rory more of a beta than, you know, him flip flopping. I, I guess I everybody's flip flopping on live. Everyone is. He, he's he's just the late, one of the latest to do it. Th that's what's happening. But I mean, I think it is his flip flopping is way more impactful than a Morikawa. Agree. Totally I mean, agree. Or a, you know, totally whoever agree. else. Yeah. It's a big thing for him to do that. Yeah, I agree. Do you think that that had like is is does this all just go back to uh, June sixth and the announcement of the pivot? If let's say that announcement never happens, do you think there would be this still th there would be this softened stance as time has gone on? That kind of thing. Do you think if if it was still let's just say the PGA Tour had unlimited money like uh, like the Saudis do, like Liv does? Do you think it would still be this big head-to-head -head battle, or do you think there would be some still like some softened stance from Rory, from Jack, from some of these guys on the PGA Tour? You know, does John Rahm go go to live? Because uh, I feel like a lot of that centers around that merger announcement or that announcement with Piff, um, and the hard stance that Jay Monahan took, and then the the complete. I think a lot of the trust then was broken, and then it's just. A free for all. Now I'm gonna maybe really speak some true feelings. Now maybe I'm just gonna I'm I am gonna go do what's best for me. Uh, Pat, I'll open up that to you first. Yeah, I mean I think certainly that June sixth, that's when the door just opened to you know these guys all of a sudden because then you you lose a little bit of trust for Jay Monahan, um, so that starts to sneak into these these players' brains that are are not going over to live, and then you have the I think the John Rom thing was even more impactful um, just because immediately after John Rom goes, then you start to see Rory talking all these guys like this is, this is where we got to go. We got to start to come together. Um, but at this point now for me, I'm kind of tired of the, like what led us to this point and I'm ready to, for, to go on to the next stage, which is when are we going to get to the point where we're starting to resolve a lot of this or make this game better for us all, especially the fans who have gotten screwed through all of this, you know? So I'm kind of, kind of getting done with, all right, what led us to this point? And let's now get to the, you know, to the next stage of talking about this. You know what I mean? We get it, Pat. We hear you. We, we, we don't want to hurt your feelings or little Rory McElroy's feelings either. We're that had nothing to do with my statement. What did that have to do with anything? <laughs> I'm just trying to get you fired up and then and then ditch out of here. Uh, <laughs> listen, great show. Had a good time. Good talk. Uh, let's uh, let's have a great week at the Sony. And uh, we'll be back next week on Thursday for this golf show that still has no name. Like, subscribe, comment, give us some name suggestions. If you get if if we end up choosing your name, Pat, what will you what will you send? What what, what can we gift someone if they if they give us a good name? What will you send them? Well, if they give us a good name, yeah, I'm looking at some really nice polos that we got. They Gazelle got azaleas on them. They're, yep. they're, you know, it's you kind of your style, DB. Of, we're talking true. apparel. That's true. Yeah. It's a great shirt in time for the Masters coming up. So you could, you get the like azalea polo, maybe a Siwoo t-shirt, uh, maybe a beer sleeve. 
throw mm-hmm. that in there uh, for the golf course. So drop in the comment suggestion. Thanks, producer Tony, for uh, some good topics. And uh, let's have a great week. See you.